I'm in the stirrups. You know, scoot your booty down. I'm in the stirrups and the nurse practitioner is like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Atlanta. She's like, oh, you speak English. You're an English teacher. She proceeds while I'm still in the stirrups. And she's like, oh, my son really needs an English teacher. Do you have availability? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, but you know someone? And I'm like, what are you gonna say, right? What are you gonna say to someone that you're in the most vulnerable position? She was like, just think about it. She goes back into the office. She writes down her name and her number on a sticky. She sticks it on my dressing gown while I'm in the stirrups, spread out. And I don't like for her, this is like every day. This is not, you know, this is every day. For me, I was like, oh, am I gonna say no? Hey everyone, welcome to Flourish in the Foreign, the award-winning podcast that elevates, celebrates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. I'm your host, Christine Job, a Black American and Trinidadian woman currently residing in Spain. I am not only an award-winning podcaster, but I am an amazing business strategist. I am. Ask about me. As a business strategist, I help Black women and women of color leverage their talents and their expertise into viable, sustainable, and impactful businesses, businesses that make them professionally fulfilled, makes them feel good about giving of their services, of giving of their time, of giving of their brilliance, but also financially abundant, you know, getting appropriately compensated for that brilliance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If that's something that you're interested in learning more about, you can always learn more about me at my website, christinejobe.com. And for more information about joining my Build a Business Abroad group coaching program or Moving Abroad with Intention course, stay tuned to the end of this episode. Now, for those of you that are new, because everybody else, they've, they've been knowing, listen, this podcast is a labor of love, but labor nonetheless. And so for that reason, I ask you all to please go ahead and support this podcast. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and support it. Now you can support this podcast by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flourish forum. You can buy me a coffee or you can purchase an item off the podcast wish list. Either way, I love you so much. Appreciate you. You can also support this podcast by subscribing to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on currently, whether it is Apple, Google, Amazon, YouTube, wherever. Go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a five-star rating for this podcast. And of course, review. Let people know why you enjoy this here podcast. I also let you know that I read every review and I cry every time. (laughs) And I do. I cry Capricorn thug tears every time I read a review of this podcast. I, I do. It's always so touching. I know intellectually people listen to this podcast and a lot of you, a lot of people listen to this podcast, but to actually read the words from people 
is I'm always surprised. <laughs> I'm always like, wait, someone listens to this podcast? It's always, it's so deeply, deeply touching. I'm not even joking. I cry happy tears every time I read the review. So if you have not left a review of this podcast and you love it, go ahead and do that and make my day. <laughs> go, Yeah, go ahead and do that. You can also support this podcast by sharing this podcast. It's so important, y'all. I'm I'm not even joking. It is so, so important to share this podcast, to share on your LinkedIn, your Instagram, your Twitter, and just let people know, put people on. You know what I'm saying? Don't gatekeep this wonderful podcast. Share the love, okay? You share this podcast with somebody you love or just people, you know, you kind of sort of like. That's fine too. Let them enjoy the podcast. All right. Any way that you decide to support this podcast is deeply appreciated. And I, of course, appreciate you listening to this podcast. On to the next episode. Today's episode is part three and healthcare abroad. This is the third part in the Health Abroad series. And this is a IG live that I did earlier this year, talking all about healthcare abroad, answering questions and talking about my personal experience with healthcare abroad. So without further ado, I'm going to let myself tell you all about it. Hey everyone, today we are talking about healthcare abroad and I am really excited to talk about this subject. Okay, so let me start with like a gripe that I have about the general conversation about living abroad. It is mostly people who've never lived abroad that talk like this and it's no shade, but I just wanna like clear something up. Okay. Healthcare in another country isn't just universally better. And I'm speaking particularly to Americans, but I always hear like Americans are like, oh, it must be so much better and or nationalized healthcare, universal healthcare. And I really think that most Americans have no idea what any of these words mean, to be completely frank, which is kind of crazy because, you know, when Obamacare was getting rolled out, we had so many think pieces and so many people had things to say and da 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 but I still don't actually think Americans really understand what national health care universal health care is who has access to it or anything like that I think it's also because the United States the American healthcare system is really so unique in the world that we just either we have like a utopian kind of generalization of what it, what national healthcare could be or things like that or it's just really it's just really generalized okay so what i want to first say is that actually the american healthcare services that are provided the practitioners are very qualified you know that for the most part it's an you know very well-trained practitioners yes they have blind spots particularly in like nutrition and holistic medicines and you know listening to people of color there's some blind spots there but and maybe over prescription of you know pharmaceuticals but that aside they are quite well-trained practitioners okay so the healthcare that is 
typically on average provided in the United States is actually quite great, quite great, okay? I want to say that because what I think a lot of particularly Americans are frustrated with and what they start to communicate is that they obviously want something that is affordable, understandable. What happens is like there's this conversation of, okay, I want to go somewhere where healthcare is like good and affordable, just like that. And I'm just like, what do those words mean to you? What does it mean to you? Let's talk about it, okay? When we talk about healthcare, it is not a generalized conversation. It is about what you need as an individual, what your family needs. So if you have a child that has special needs, that's a whole different type of care, right? Not only healthcare, but maybe social support and things like that. You must be specific. And this is something that I talk about a lot in Moving Abroad Contention course. And I think that's why people really enjoy the course. They end up having a whole binder of information ready to you know, continue their research or to go abroad. Because what happens is that you'll go on Facebook groups, you'll go on YouTube channels, and you get a lot of inspo, and you get really excited, and you are still in a, it feels like you've taken a lot of information, but you actually have it. And you know why? Because you haven't actually made decisions based upon your life. Yeah, there's a lot of still, it, and it feels weird because you're like, but I've watched this and I've watched that and I read this and da da da. But you haven't actually taken the time to say, what is it that I need? And actually write that down. I find that if you have done that, then you don't ask these generalized kind of questions about where should I go for, good and affordable healthcare. Like, it's a very particular question. So, healthcare abroad needs to be, when you're thinking about it, needs to be bespoke to you. Like, you need to understand what is it that you're looking for, right? Like, I came to Spain when I was 30, I think, and I had no issues, really. <laughs> and so, what I was looking for was really just Obviously, being able to go see a general practitioner, going to see a gynecologist. If you watch my stories, I told you guys I have really flat feet, so I'm going to see the podiatrist, which I didn't do until actually this year, which I'm going to get into using your healthcare in a minute. Like, those are my things. If I was, you know, wanting to have a child, then not only would maternal care, pregnancy care, like, that would be part of it, and pediatric care that would be part of it and not just like if you have it like what's the experience like like what's going on right that's that's what i first want to say the second thing i want to say is just because a country like spain has nationalized health doesn't mean you as a foreigner will have access to it like a lot of people will say, it's so great living in Spain, they won't just like let you die on the street because you don't have insurance. Okay, no, they won't. They, they won't do that, they won't. If you're a tourist or things like that, you should still have travel insurance if you're traveling. And as a expat or immigrant or whatever, if you don't have access to the national health care, which is, particular actually in Spain because certain communities have different rules but generally it's about working obviously and paying into the system even if you pay you know residency taxes you may not actually have access to the healthcare system so there's that 
just because you live in a country that has socialized medicine, that <laughs> has national health care, doesn't mean that you'll have access to it. However, however, I, I, I've lived here for five years. I've always had private health care insurance as is required. <laughs> like you can't just be out here. Like you have to have the insurance before they even give you a visa. So yeah, I've always had health care insurance. My health care premium per month has been like 36 euro and then now I think it's 46 euro, but I've changed providers and I probably will need to change providers again because I've lived in three different communities and I think that depending on the provider, they have like more practitioners in their network, which I've discovered currently like today. Okay. So there's that. You don't necessarily always get access to national health care. Private health care here in Spain, my experience has been excellent. Actually, it has been so good. And it's a very strange thing. I've lived here for five years and the experience has always been really top notch. Minus one. I'll tell you guys about that. It's always been really top notch to the point where I'm always like, oh, I'm going to have to pay for this. Like, I'm always like, is this, is this part free? This part is with insurance? Like, how much is it going to cost? And they're like, no, you, you have insurance. And I'm like, I don't got to pay nothing? Like, no, leave, leave the office. Or like today, or even like earlier this week, I went to go see a podiatrist outside of my network, mostly because I just was tired. I have really flat feet and I was like, I need to take care of this. And I went to go see a provider and I, I actually just went just to like inquire. And I got a whole appointment and I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is happening for real. <laughs> And, and I didn't know how much it costs. So I go to the appointment and I was like, oh shit, like this might actually be expensive because this is outside of my network. They don't take my insurance. Oh my goodness. I thought the appointment was just gonna be like a generalized talk and they're gonna like tell me how much it costs and I'll be like, okay, maybe I will do it. It was a whole biometrics fancy thing. I don't know if you guys, if you guys don't have flat feet, this is what happens. They put you on a, like a treadmill. They put you on this runway they put you on this spaceship thing make you lay down and look at your legs and your hips and your feet it's a whole thing they take all these measurements and things like that and after that i thought again i thought it was like an informational meeting but i got the whole workup and i was like oh my goodness like all this technology seems very fancy and very expensive and i was like oh shit this is gonna be very expensive and I was like I was like, I already tell myself I was like you gotta take care of yourself it's fine it's gonna be fine and the doctor who actually spoke English which was nice she so she was like okay this is what's going on she's like I really think you need to get some inserts and then we gotta like measure them and see what you know what happens and specifically for my hips she's like we really need to like get that in under control and I was like okay I was like how much is this gonna be and she was like, yeah. She's like, well, do you have insurance? I was like, yeah, but you don't take my insurance. She's like, okay, well, it's going to be 90 euro. And I was like, what? I was like, what? 90 euro? She was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, wrap that up. And I was like, can I get another one? I was like, okay, sure. So when I went to the receptionist to pay, I actually got my bill right here for y'all. 
all of those computerized, super technical, very fancy, I seem very expensive to me. You know, like the fancy, fancy stuff. I've, ne I've never seen any of this kind of stuff before. That whole part of the visit was 22 euro. And my brand new inserts are 90 euro. And she was like, do you want to pay it all? Or do you want to like split it up? I was like, no, you we, you can pay that all. Like, here you go. Here's, yeah. So, and actually y'all, I had, I had been looking at other podiatrists because I went to the running store and I was, you know, talking to her and, and she actually fit me for these amazing shoes, but she wouldn't let me get them because she was like, I have really large feet. This is a whole, this is TMI, but hey, we're friends. I'm only five, five and I have really large feet and they're flat. And she was like, and she fit me for these amazing shoes. They felt like clouds. And she was like, they look crazy on you. I can't. She's like, no, I can't. I was like, no. I was like, they look that bad. I went to the mirror. I was like, guys, it was like orthopedic granny abuela like shoes mixed with those like, you know, those like city stompers, like those Kanye West kind of looking shoes that people like. It was like that. And I think it would have been cute had my foot been smaller. But it wasn't. She was like, nah, girl, you can't. I was like, I want the clouds. I want the clouds. But I couldn't have them. And it was for the best. Because I, I did. I was like, they can't. They feel so great. They can't possibly look this bad. They look crazy. Like, and I was like, well, you know what? Health before people's judgments. But I didn't get those. Anyway. She had given me a recommendation for a podiatrist and I looked him up and he was great. But actually, in some of the other private podiatrists uh, around town, they don't take insurance and things like that. And their cost for Ollie would have been like 200 euro. I just went to like the state of the art, brand new facility right next to my house, like two minutes from my house. And it was way cheaper. It was amazing. I was like, what is this? I was like trying to figure out like, why is it so cheap? I was like, are these all students? No, I don't know. Oh, and I don't care. But anyway, that is healthcare, right? I also want to say something because I think I mentioned this earlier, using your healthcare. I don't, still to this day, I don't feel like I use my healthcare enough. And a lot of other Americans that I know, friends that I know here in Spain, we have like the same issue, which is like, we are so programmed to, like if you have a cough, be like, oh no, I'll work through it. I'm not going to the doctor, pay that, you know, copay, like, cause it's like, you're like, I pay insurance, but they're gonna also give me this whole freaking bill. And you're like, it's all in my mind, the power of my mind, the power of Robitussin, the power of, you know, whatever, it's fine. And like here in Spain, I, I will never forget like my very first year here, I, if, those of you that know, I moved here to be on sabbatical and I was teaching English. I was teaching English to children, three years old to 12. So you guys know children have all the germs in my delicate immune system. None of my friends had kids at the time. No, one of my friends had kids, but like it was very small. Like I wasn't, I, my immune system wasn't built up. And so of course I got sick. And I was just like, oh gosh, you know, I felt like, Ugh. and I remember one of the supervising teachers was like, why don't you go to the doctor? I was like, no, I'm fine. He was like, 
go to the doctor. Like, you can get a doctor's note. You don't got to come to work. Like, you could, like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I just want to, he was just like, go to the doctor, you weird person. And that's the thing. Like, there's this weird programming of, of not actually utilizing this service because, I don't know, we think it's going to be either a bad experience or it's going to take really long, which it, it could, or I don't know, or, or it's going to be really expensive is the, is the big thing. And you're just like, I got this cough, give me some, you know, I don't know, give me some lemon, some honey, give me some whiskey, a hot toddy? Yeah, give me a hot toddy. Give me a hot toddy, I'll be all right. And they're like, no, just go to the doctor. So I would say it's still actually pretty hard for me. And it's not hard. It's just like it doesn't come in my mind to regularly go to the doctor. And that seems really crazy. Like I have to write it down on my list. That's why like today or this week, I was like, you have flat feet, girl. Your feet hurt generally all the time. But I've had them forever. I walked to Santiago, like, but I'm like, no, we're taking care of ourselves. We're going to go investigate. I investigated and got a whole little workup done. And got some new inserts that feel really nice. Feels great. It feels a little bit weird, but it feels good. So there's that, using your healthcare. And I feel like I still could use it more. Yeah, like I went to the gynecologist and it's so funny. I've had four, no, three different gynecologists in Spain. Y'all want a story time? Let me tell you some stories. Let me tell you some stories of my experiences with some gynecologists. First gynecologist I had in Spain, one, I was living in La Rioja and I had like Cadillac insurance, like Cadillac. And I was, as you guys know, I was on Ciliar de Conversacion. They don't do that anymore. They really did the Ciliar is really dirty. But at the time in La Rioja, we had like Cadillac platinum insurance. Other communities had like catastrophic. And we were like, no, we don't know that life. We don't know her. We can go wherever we want. I was living in the city center in the old town. And I was like, okay, I need to get my annual checkup, gynecologist checkup. And I just was like, who's the closest to me? And I just was like, okay, I went and booked in an appointment. I go to the office and I'm in there. And one, there's all these like couples in there, which I was like, that's interesting. Like, I was like, I've never been to a gynecologist's office where it's like all these couples. Then there's like all these baby pictures. Then there's like all these like newspaper clippings and awards. And then there's a whole wall of just people's babies. And I was like, what? Y'all, I had booked an appointment with like one of the leading fertility doctors in Spain. And she's a gynecologist. And she's a fertility doctor. And I was like, yo, like, I just want an annual checkup. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know? And she, they're like, yeah, we do that too. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause, cause this is not what I was thinking. So I go in and she was extremely professional. She didn't speak any English whatsoever. So I had just moved to Spain. Right? Well, not just. I think it was like January. I moved to Spain in August. It was January of the next year. And I was like, all right, let's do this, right? How about this? The doctor was fine. She was just like, you know, da -da -da, like, you know, we're miming. And then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, we got it. Y'all, I'm in the stirrups, right? Just, it's all out there. 
I'm in the stirrups. You know, scoot your booty down. I'm in the stirrups and the like nurse practitioner is like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Atlanta. She's like, oh, you speak English. You're an English teacher. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all, she proceeds while splayed. I'm still in the stirrups. Everything is, it's, the glory is open, okay? And she's like, oh, my son really needs an English teacher. Can you possibly like, can you, do you have availability? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, but do you know someone? And I'm like, what are you gonna say, right? What are you gonna say to someone? You're in the most, you're in the most vulnerable position. I'm, yo, she was like, just think about it. She goes back into the office. She writes down her name and her number on a sticky. She sticks it on my dressing gown while I'm in the stirrups. Spread out. That only do with healthcare, but like, that was crazy. I was just like, she wasn't mean. She was just like, oh yeah. I was gonna put it, I was like, I'll put it on you. No, I'll just put it on you. Yeah, there you go. Let me know if you know anyone. I was like, girl. And I don't, like for her, this is like every day. This is not, mm, you know, this is every day. She's, this is whatever. For me, I was like, oh, am I gonna say no? What am I gonna do? I'm gonna smile and nod, and hopefully you'll leave me alone. We can stop this. I can close my legs. I can put on some underwear. I can leave. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Who was next? I had a German gynecologist in Barcelona. She was really nice in a German way. Y'all know that <laughs> Germans are, you know, Americans. We have a reputation of being fake. So we're like, yeah, let, yeah, yeah. And Germ, like a lot of Europeans are just like, that's so fake. Da, da, da. Germans, I feel like are very not, like almost opposites of Americans in that way. They're just like, mm, no, I'm really happy. I'm really enjoying you. They're like very, and they also mean, they, they say what they mean. So I went to go see her. She came very highly recommended. And it was lovely. It was lovely. You know, we, she was asking me, you know, all the standard questions and things like that. At the time I was getting an IUD taken out and she was like, okay, so I'll let you know da 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 and different type of birth control and da 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 and I'll write your prescription. Yo, the whole thing went well. But she took out the IUD. She's like, do you want to keep it? Do I want to keep it? She's like, you know, she had like in the, no. <laughs> Isn't that like a biohazard or something? She's like, okay, you know what? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'll put it. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. The next gynecologist I had was the one I was like, mm. it wasn't a bad experience, but she was, uh spanish catalan and i had switched providers and in barcelona there's this i forget even what it's called there's this huge medical complex up in the hills and it looks like a palace someone super famous just died there sorry <laughs> like it was like a like a, a like a leader of a country or an ex-leader of a country just died there i can't remember but anyway i was like oh yeah i used to go there it's this huge medical complex, private healthcare complex. You can do like anything 
anything you need, you can get done in this complex. It's huge. It looks like a palace. Like, I remember I, I got dropped off by like an Uber Calify, and they're like, what is this? I was like, I'm going to doctor's appointment, sir. Just drop me off here. Anyway, I was over there and I went to see the gynecologist. Another one that was really highly recommended. But she had, she did give me a little bit of sass because we were, I was again in the stirrups. I think that's when people try to get you because you're, you're vulnerable. So you can't, you know what I mean? You, what are you going to do? You, nothing. But she was basically admonishing me because at the time I'd been there for, been in Spain for like three years. And she was just like, you should really be fluent by now. You know what I mean? She's like, I'll speak to you in English, but you're like, you should really be fluent. And I was like, why are you, like you had all this time before I was splayed out to like say this to me. But you wait until I was in stirrups. Interesting. So I was like, mm, it wasn't a bad experience, but I was like, I'm not going back to you. And then my most recent experience was with another, I think she's German, here in Valencia. Yeah, it was actually a really good experience. I had an issue with my insurance, like my insurance wasn't going through. And I was like, oh, so frustrated. I was like the last patient of the day. So I was feeling like really like, oh, let's pay for it out of pocket. I don't care, let's just pay for it, let's pay for it. And she was like, no, you have insurance. She was like, just call them tomorrow. And you know, if it's not resolved by Thursday, then okay. And I was just like, oh, how much is it just so I know? And she was just like, it's fine, okay. And I was so upset and I was just like, and I just, I don't know, I had this, this, like I was bothering everyone. I was so upset y'all that I was leaving the building. I like locked myself in, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It, <laughs> it has, it's a building with like this mini courtyard. So it has a door and then it has a door to the courtyard because it was like night at the time. The door that to the courtyard that opens up to the street was closed. What I didn't know is that inside the building, there was the exit button for the courtyard door. So I leave, the door closed behind me. I go to the gate, it's locked, okay? So I'm already like really upset. So I was like, why is my insurance working? And I'm like banging on the gate. And then a passerby was like, and let me out. And I was just like, I don't know if I can go to that gynecologist again, but I probably will. Anyway, those are some of my experiences with healthcare in Spain. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. And if you are, please consider supporting this podcast by buying me a coffee or purchasing an item off the podcast wish list on Buy Me a Coffee. So you can either go to buymeacoffee.com slash flourish foreign and buy me a coffee, or you can purchase an item off our wish list. Either way, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed and you left a review. And now on to the rest of the episode. I will say this. You should definitely understand not only what is it that you need, but you need to understand your capability of communicating what you need, right? So seeking out professionals that speak your language, if that's gonna be an issue for you, because trying to explain for me, like this week, exactly the very parts of my toes and foot that hurt excruciatingly, 
which is not all of it. And Spanish actually was quite difficult. I was like, what's the word for this part of the foot? Like I know foot, I know toes, I know arch. I know a lot of, I was like, oh, I know a lot of the parts of the body, but not like these nuanced things. That's something that I think you should definitely think about. I want to talk about some other experiences with healthcare abroad, okay? Let's talk about pregnancy abroad, something I've never experienced, but has been such an interesting topic. It's something that I really like talking to my guests that do have children, have children abroad, because I think especially as my audience and the show is black women, a black maternal death rate in the United States is like high and strangely high for a developed first world country. And so obviously looking into their experiences abroad was really important to me, really interesting. One of my very first guests, actually my second guest, the second episode was with Deanna and her and her family were living in Hong Kong. If you have not listened to that episode, you should. It's a very good episode, obviously biased. But it was really interesting because Deanna is from Atlanta, as I am, and she told me about her first pregnancy and her first delivery in Atlanta, which she had at Northside Hospital, if you guys are aware or familiar. And I'm gonna get it wrong, because I, I don't remember, but I do believe the cost of her first child was like seven to $12,000 and she had insurance. Okay, all the details of if it was a vaginal birth or a cesarean are in the episode. I don't actually recall, but that was the cost. Okay, her, her husband, her first daughter moved to Hong Kong and have the second daughter. They go through the public health care system. And this was, I don't think she had a private room. They kind of just had like a room with all these laboring mothers with like curtains and things like that. I believe that her doctor spoke English and all of her prenatal things were taken care of in the experience as well. She gives birth to her baby. They give her a little box of baby prizes. I'm, <laughs> I don't know, a box of baby stuff, you know, to help. And she pays her bill on her metro card like in some countries you can use your metro card to not only pay to go into the metro but to go like to pay things right it's like a debit card but also it's a metro card that bill i believe was 44 usd the equivalent of 44 usd to deliver a child got the baby and you got some swag the baby's prize enough but you got some swag 44 USD, okay? Yes, healthcare, like healthcare. This is why it's important to be very specific about what you're looking for and things like that. Another story about giving birth abroad was with Star in Budapest, right? So we're in Asia, moved to Europe. In Budapest and Hungary. And this was her first child. And her husband is Hungarian. They were living in California. They decided to move to Hungary. So it was their first child. All of the very scary things that I, I would assume you have when you have your first child. So she decided to go private all the way. 
She wanted to, you know, she doesn't speak Hungarian. She was like, I want to know what's happening all the time, things like that. What she did not know is that to have everything in English, to have like a provider that speaks English, it is like twice or triple the cost. And she was like, had I known that, I would have had this Hungarian husband of mine translate. I, I agree, put him to work for sure. So all in for her first child, it ended up being around 10,000 euros. Private healthcare insurance, going private all the way, having English practitioners and things like that. Okay, so this is also when I'm like, when people are like, everything outside the U.S. is cheaper and better, and I'm like, no, no, let's not generalize. Let's do our research. Let's figure out what is it that we need. Now, what I will say when I'm speaking with Star, she did say it was really hard to get like a lot of. I guess solid anecdotal information, right? You join the mommy clubs, uh, Facebook groups, things like that, the WhatsApp groups. And there were just so many different experiences that she was just like, you know what? I don't want to risk it or just, she just didn't feel comfortable because there was a lot of women who were like, no girl, you know, public healthcare, I had this baby, it was fine. She's like, you know, people were like, I don't understand anything they said, but you know, I got this baby, it's, it works. And she was just like, no, I need to know everything that's going on. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. But, you know, she had access to the anecdotal information, but it wasn't enough to really make her feel confident and kind of going down a different route. So that's something to be mindful of, because I think that's also something that's really applicable. I think that's part of the whole pregnancy and motherhood experience, right? You want other people's opinions, not only for your maternal care, but like pediatric care. And so if you can't get a clear option or clear answer, you're going to go with like whatever you think is like the best just to be safe. And it could be the best or it could just be the most expensive, right? Also, let us... Yes, Jeanette, but they were trying to hire me, hire me with my legs spread open. <laughs> yeah, yes, Janelle, $44. Run that episode back. That was a good episode. Because also in that episode, you talk about raising children, right? And the cost of raising children and how different you, you can raise children abroad. This is also a conversation that I'm really interested in, even though I don't have no kids. <laughs> I'm really fascinated in it because in Hong Kong, they don't have daycare centers. They don't have them, right? So what do you do with your kid? Uh, well, you have a live-in nanny. That's what you do. You make sure your apartment has another room and you have a live-in nanny. I forget the word that Deanna used. It was a very particular word. Helper, I don't know if it was helper, something. But you have a live-in nanny. Right. Because her husband worked, she worked and that's just what it was. And the cost was affordable for them. And that was like, think about that kind of experience. Like you come from Atlanta, if you guys know Atlanta, that kind of lifestyle. And you move somewhere where you can have a live in nanny. And I don't think they aspired to have that. They're like really uncomfortable with it at first. But they were like, actually, this is great. Actually, this works really well for everything that we need to do, not only as working professionals, but also as a family. I think also something to be to think about when you're talking about raising children abroad, black children abroad, 
<clears throat> is community hair care. I talked about hair care last week. But, um, also in Deanna's episode, she talked about having you know a hair braider just come to the house and braid up everybody's hair. And it was really affordable. And the thing about Hong Kong is like it's super expensive, but like this is all affordable. That's why it's so important to be specific about, you know, these generalized notions of like, I just want to go somewhere cheap or where the dollar goes far or like, what is it that you actually want? Because it may not be whatever you think it's going to be. It may not be Costa Rica or wherever or whatever. Like what, be specific about what you actually need, what your family actually needs in this moment, what you'll need in the future and allow that to dictate where you go. If you're trying to go abroad and stay abroad and be sustainable and be happy abroad, because again, just because you move abroad doesn't mean you're happy. I say it all the time. It's not about moving abroad. It's not about being abroad. It's about thriving. It takes that kind of honesty with yourself. And you definitely, definitely want to be honest and be very specific. Be very specific about it. But anyway, back to healthcare. Yeah, healthcare may be affordable and cheap, but you may not have access to it. Again, I think it's really, really important to understand that. No, other countries may not let you just die on the street because they have hearts and they're human <laughs> as opposed to the American healthcare system. But that doesn't mean that you should just go around the world taking advantage of other people's healthcare systems, their national healthcare system that everybody else pays into and you're just like vibes. You need to go ahead and get healthcare insurance. Because also if you die, let's just be real about it. What do you, how are you gonna get home? GoFundMe? I'm very sad to see those. I don't like them. It's something to think about. In Spain, you have to have repatriation insurance. Part of your healthcare has to, co has to cover and include repatriation of your remains. That's what it is. They're like, no. We're not trying to, we're not trying to do that, okay? So, healthcare is so much, is so much more. And I want us all to win and I want us all to be well. But I need everyone to actually think critically because I see a lot of horrible advice getting thrown out on the internet. And a lot of people are like, well, I did this and I saw so-and-so they've been doing this. They've been living like this and da 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 for 20 years and da da that's them that's not you let's just let, let's keep it real that's them that's not you let's just also say this moving abroad is a hassle just come to grips with it moving abroad is a hassle you know when it's not a hassle when you have lots of money to pay someone else to do all your things for you your immigration attorney a relocation service even that is still a hassle even if you have somebody to come to your house to pack up all your things it's a corporate move like juanita had in her episode they come and they pack all your stuff. They'll, they got it wrong in her episode. Like they said, all, everything else was supposed to be in the storage unit to Taiwan and then broke it. And all the things that were supposed to be moved to Taiwan in the storage unit. So it's something. But like, just come to grips that living abroad, moving abroad is a hassle. And don't try to cut corners because you want it to be sustainable for you. And also how about this? What works for other people may not work for you. Some people want to live on the beach in a hammock. And you may not want to, okay? So all of their lifestyle and all their choices are in, a, in alignment with living in a hammock on the beach. Do you want to live in a hammock on the beach? 
I don't, but that's because I always fall out of every hammock that I've ever been in in my life. So that's just not ever going to be for me. Okay. Janelle says, yes, I had to purchase health insurance for one year. It was $1,600 because I'm going to a language school. If I was going to university, then I wouldn't need it and I'd be covered under the school. Look, that's, that's just what it is. But $1,600, even over 12 months and the type of things you can get and there's no co-pays and things like that, like, it's worth it. If you're going to go abroad, pay your health insurance, use your health insurance. Don't be like me, where I'm like, uh, and people have to be like, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Yes. Health insurance. Okay. How do you find reputable health care? It depends on which country. So let me know which country you're referring to. But this is how I would find reputable health care. One, I would go into, I would look at the embassy, the U.S. embassy for a particular city. Right. So in Barcelona, there's a consulate. I go to the consulate website. They have a lot of recommendations for things. Do that. There is also an American society in Barcelona. I would look, I would scan and search for that because the thing about that's that's another one the thing about like american societies or americans in a different country like americans in blank country you're gonna get a lot of complaining where you're just like i can't don't y'all know you're not in america what's wrong with y'all but you will get like reviews of products right like reviews of health care and things like that they're gonna complain about a lot of things but like, that's actually a really good place to go. You'll get like a whole, in my opinion, you'll get like a whole run up of like all the options in your city. And they'll be like, from the Cadillac people like, well, not everybody has a corporate move. And like, it gets so catty. I'll be like, how do y'all have so much energy to be so shady to, to, to strangers on the internet? I don't know, consistently. Cause it's always like the same actors. Anyway, that's what I would do. I'll go into the American society of X country or brothers and sisters in X place and ask them, that's what I would do. How would I double check that? I would then do my own research about coverage, right? I would do my own research about coverage in particular like networks and things like that. That's what I did. When I moved to Barcelona, I changed providers and I did, I asked around and in Barcelona, because it's a big city, I had a lot of coverage. Like a lot of them were like kind of similar coverage. So I kind of then went on to like customer service experience. Like, are they going to like fix things? What are the options? Do they have things in English? And yeah, I speak Spanish. But like for me, when it comes to healthcare, like I don't want to be in a position where I'm like trying to like earlier this week describe very nuanced things. And I'm like, I don't even know. The, like the term of my foot that this refers to it's not really the foot it's the muscle inside and I don't even know it's not like pain it's not sharp it's like this right so having options to speak English so I could be like girl this is what's happening and then we can you know go back and forth in Spanglish like having that kind of option having good customer service especially in this country because they in this country they've been like customer service we don't know her Okay. I'm like, oh, I should, I just give you money. Is that, that's all this is? Okay. So that's how I just, I determined which, which healthcare provider I wanted. Now that I moved to Valencia, I'm kind of doing kind of, I don't know, on the go research, like 
this clinic that I went to, they don't take my insurance, but they do take a particular type of insurance. So I'm like, I need to look into that insurance, see what their coverage is. Maybe that's like the main girl in town <laughs> in Valencia. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's comparable and they have like the customer service, they have English, they have, you know, the premiums are similar, then I might switch to her, to this, you know, other healthcare provider. Cause then I'd be like, oh, then I can go see my podiatrist. And they have actually all these other doctors in that facility. I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's not a thing. I can do that. So that's how I would do it. There's a lot of reviews online when there's major players in the country. Now, if you're talking about expat insurance, like that's oh, like wide reaching, like Cigna, you know, I think even, what is it, HSBC, I don't know, has banking, but I think they also have like a arm of healthcare and things like that. That I think I don't have particular experience with at all. I just use travel insurance when I go abroad. Um, that's how you would find reputable healthcare. That's how I would do it. A healthcare provider. But before that, you need to understand what your healthcare needs are explicitly. I tell everybody, write it down with pen and paper. Like think, go from your head to your toes, right? Like you have a scalp condition, write it down. You need to see a therapist, write it down. See what can be covered. In my healthcare, I think in all of my healthcare plans, I've always had access to see a therapist. However, all the therapists that have been within my network, none of them have been native English speakers. And for me, I've always looked for a woman of color and that wasn't available either. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go out of network for my mental wellness. And that's fine for me, it's worth it. It's still per session. I think I pay my sessions with my therapist are 60 euro an hour a session, which I think is excellent, personally. It's within my, my budget. If you're interested, and if you need guidance, help about moving abroad, I do have Moving Abroad Intention course. It is a five-week course. We talk about, one, it has pre-recorded material, but it also has five live sessions. We need to talk with the community and with me about your moving abroad game plan. And it's really meant, if you do all the homework, for you to have a nice binder of information to go and to refer back to as you're making this decision, as you're moving abroad. So we talk about everything from visioning, which I think is really important, to getting a job abroad, money management abroad, currency, holding different currencies. You know, we talk about healthcare, we talk about making friends, we talk about homesickness and isolation. We really talk about like the major stages of moving abroad. That sounds like something you're interested in. Stay tuned because I'm going to be sharing more information about that soon. And I'd love to have you if it resonates with you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed this healthcare abroad series. This was the third part in the series. So if you have not listened to healthcare abroad part one or part two, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and 
scroll up and and press play and do that and let me know what y'all think okay also make sure that you are subscribed to the flourish in the foreign newsletter that is where i communicate about everything to deal with the podcast sometimes i don't put it on the podcast i just email everybody so make sure you're subscribed especially if you're interested in the moving abroad with intention course which now has a self study component at a special price for Black Friday and that price will be going up after Black Friday and again after the new year so in January 2023 so if you've been eyeing it if you've been like you know what I want to talk to that Christine Job girl about moving about with intention this is the time all right to either join the self study or to join one of the live courses which again will not be a frequent thing next year It will not. Won't do it. So, if you really want to have that conversation with me, this is the time. Don't don't be on the fence about it. So, join. Also, if you're interested in build a business abroad group coaching program, you're going to want to sign up for this cohort. This cohort only has 10 places, and next year the price doubles. It is that is what it's going to be. So if you've been thinking about it, this is the time to go ahead and join me for Build a Business Abroad group coaching. All of the information that you need, all of the testimonials you need to see, what everybody else is saying is located in the links in the description of this episode. You can go to the respective websites, learn more, decide what you want to do, purchase and then join me, okay? As always, thanks to Zach Higgs for producing the music of this here podcast. I appreciate you. And remember, it is not about moving abroad, y'all. It for sure can't be about just being abroad, just being a different location with the same mentality, the same problems. That ain't it. That ain't it. It's about flourishing abroad. Yes. Yes. So go abroad and cultivate a life well lived. See y'all next time. Bye. On the next episode of Flourish in the Foreign. I got amazing service in Hong Kong giving birth to my child with like extra medications for like strep B and an epidural and the whole nine and I paid a fraction. I paid it I paid it on my octopus card. It's like a little card that we used to get on the train and to open our apartments and stuff because it has RFID. I paid for my hospital stay. So, 4 days in the hospital on my octopus card. And they also gave me like vitamins and stuff to take home with me, all included. And so it really just doesn't make sense to me why the states has to cost so much when it's like everywhere else has the same equipment and is doing it and it's subsidized by the government and it's, you know, it's covered and you pay like a menial fee.